0: Hello and welcome to How to Lead a Group, a leadership podcast for everybody. Jamie, have we gotten any better names for this?
1: You know we haven't,
0: Okay, but you keep asking. All right. Well, this is the podcast where we talk to experts, we distill the, the wisdom of the Crossroads community, and really just try to understand how best to lead the people that God has put around us. Um, how to encourage them forward in what God is wanting to do in their lives. Um, We'll go through some basic practical sorts of stuff, and then also unpack kind of the deeper principles that make those things work. Before we get into that, my name's Eric. I'm on the content team here at Crossroads, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovelier half of the podcast duo. I'm
1: Jamie, and I'm on our communications team.
0: And Jamie, if you'll if you can't notice, is having a little bit of difficulty communicating today. <laughs> what's oh, what's yeah, going I on, mean, Jamie?
1: I you know, just sometimes you wake up and this is what you talk like. So <laughs> here we are. But you,
0: before, get that, you get that like nice little raspy smoker voice now. You, I like. know, I should just well anyway.
1: <laughs> Moving on. Um, so this week's Get to Know Your Host segment question is What's the movie from your childhood that doesn't pass the test of time?
0: <sighs> okay, so I, I have to admit up front I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage here because I've never been a very big movie buff. So the, the bank of movies that I'm pulling from is, is fairly small. And most of them probably haven't stood the test of time anyway. Um, but the first one that comes to mind probably has to be uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, I loved that movie when I was a kid. But I think even when I was a kid, I recognized that there were, like... There's some issues with this movie. Like, why is Kevin Costner the only person that doesn't have an accent? Like, this something doesn't feel right about this, you know? That's
1: fair. That's uh, fair.
0: Just, just awkward. Lots of awkward in that movie, as I imagine. What about you?
1: Um, for me, and this is really sad, because I loved this movie as a child. But it was big trouble in little china it was epic and a, got, a woman gets kidnapped and then two women get kidnapped and then you know jack burton has to go in and save the day who does uh, jack burton i'm just saying He is. <laughs> oh so many one-liners that i could just quote right now and i made the mistake of watching it a couple of weeks back and i realized that i'm sorry my brother and i loved it and so george i'm really sorry that's a terrible movie <laughs> Absolutely terrible. It makes me, like, rethink checking out any other movies.
0: <laughs> <coughs> so, I, I've only seen snippets of that movie, but the little snippets that I rec- that I remember, I don't feel like they're things that I should have been watching when <laughs> I was a child. How old were you when you watched this? Just Dude, out of curiosity.
1: My parents had a very... Um, liberal view on what was acceptable for children to watch
0: so would would you allow your children to watch <laughs> big trouble in little china
1: i mean there's no nudity and not cursing there's some violence <laughs> i would let a 10 year old watch it but i was probably younger than that oh,
0: okay all right
1: just saying i don't have kids though so right. these are hypothetical
0: <laughs> that's right all right so enough with that nonsense Today we are we're gonna talk about the Bible. So we are we are a church. We're talking, you know, in groups about trying to help people get closer to God. Feels like the the Bible should probably become relevant at some point in that conversation. Um, and joining us today is one of our resident Bible experts, <laughs> Allie Patterson. Well,
2: hi. Hey, hi. I don't know about that Bible expert title, but I'm happy to be with you guys today. <laughs>
0: All right. So before we get started, we want to give you the, a little bit of a get to know you quiz that we give everybody that comes on the podcast. Okay. So this simple stuff, rapid fire, 30-second sort of thing. Okay. Um yeah, don't overthink it. So, starting off, what Now why would you ask me not to overthink it? Because, just because I,
2: I have a tendency to overthink. Because them?
0: we everybody gets paranoid as soon as you say <laughs> I'm going to ask you questions about okay. you. Everybody, like, <laughs> "Oh no, I got to give the right" I'll do so, my
2: best not to overthink as an
0: overthinker. There you go. All right, so what do you do, and tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Oh, sure. Um, well, I am actually on the content team with Eric in terms of my, my role, my what they pay me to do here at Crossroads. I'm also a pastor, so I marry people. I theoretically bury people, but I haven't done funerals. I've only done weddings, um, and I, I truly enjoy being um, amongst the commission pastors here it's been, it's been a very cool um, view on our community. So that's what I do here at Crossroads. And my family, I live with my husband, Bill, and my four kids, Andrew, Luke, Zoe, and Hope. They are currently 11, 9, 7, and 5. And they're delightful. And um, I love being a mom. I love being a wife. We live out in Anderson Township. And... Um, just love my house i really love my life at home with them and um school's getting ready to i guess be out for the summer so i'm looking forward to all kinds of fun stuff i love the pool Mm. (laughs) i mean who doesn't sunshine and pool i'll take more of it since we live in ohio and it's gray 300 out of 365 days a year what's your middle name lynn
0: lynn what's the best movie you've seen in the last year
2: Probably Hidden Figures. Yeah, I really loved Hidden Figures. I don't see a lot of movies, so I'm in your camp. But um, I, I really, I, I got some feelers out from some friends who saw it, and I took three of my kids. My because it's it's PG, and I mm-hmm. felt like the topics they could handle would really be great to see topics that are very close in our history and that's mm-hmm. formed us sort of as a country and as a people that are still very much sort of front and center today and I really wanted my kids to be able to engage in, in story because I feel like you learn great through story and so it was really fun to take them and it, it impacted me I think because um, I do think a lot about what it means to be a woman and also what it means to be a woman who is um, Wants to engage my mind, like in the life of the mind. That mm-hmm. was a really um, a really great uh, through line in the movie for me. And probably the thing I took away from it the loudest was um, that just the humility that was baked into those women mm-hmm. and how no matter what sort of happened to them, they they put their head down and kept moving. And so I think that was an awesome thing for me and for the kids to see. And it was just, it was just an awesome movie. Awesome. Yeah.
1: On a lighter side, how many cats is too many cats?
2: Oh, oh. one cat is too many cats. I had two cats. Exactly. I had two cats (coughs) that lived in my house for 14 years (laughs) and I will never have
0: another cat. You are now cat free.
2: I am permanently cat free.
0: Well done. You've you've made Thank it you. you've made it through. What is your biggest pet peeve?
2: Biggest pet peeve. I
0: love I love the pause that happens yeah. every time we ask this question.
2: Biggest pet
0: peeve. It's the most um, introspective anybody gets. <laughs> like goodness. what do I want to be willing to be known for being irritated?
2: Probably about? tiny repetitive noises in the background. (laughs) Like, if there's something happening and it's teeny and repetitive and over and over and I'm like, you have to stop. Like, now. You've got to stop that right now. Yeah, small repetitive noises. I will soon hear nothing else and it will drive me totally berserk. That's a good one.
0: That's awesome. That is a good one. That's a a perfectly valid pet peeve, I think. Yeah, that drives me nutty. Alright, so... If we as we transition into this topic, and we're thinking about the Bible, and we're thinking specifically about the Bible as it comes to being in a in a group, for a lot of group leaders, there's there's probably a lot of trepidation around this topic in general. Just a lot of fear, of like I don't feel like I know enough. I don't know how this is supposed to fit. I just this just logistically it feels awkward. So, like, start us off. Like, what's your big picture thoughts on? how how you would use the Bible in a group or how yeah. how to make that sort of kind of relational and natural.
2: Yeah, um, well, I think there's sort of a funny reverse that happens. I think, honestly, the easier way on the leader of the group to mm-hmm. engage the Bible is to come straight at it with guides and helps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that requires actually less of the leader um, in terms of... Um, their own planning and knowledge and things like that. I think to have a formal study of some sort, and there's all kinds of awesome ones out there, whether it's a book of the Bible or a topical study of something like grace or like parenting or, you know, where a study is created for you that takes you through the scriptures with Mm -hmm. kind of pre-made questions and such. And then, of course, as a leader, you have to be great at engaging your group, Mm -hmm. but the onus is not fully on you to come up with the content Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the Bible. Right. Sort of and so in a weird way, to come straight at it with, the, with your group is sometimes a little bit easier as a leader than to try to push it in around other topics. Yeah. But I, I know a lot of our groups are not biblical study types of groups. Mm. But that's what I mean about the reverse thing. I think maybe it's more comfortable as a leader to directly engage it because then there's a plan and a way yeah. and you don't have to kind of shoehorn it in. Although that being said, I know that we have lots of groups and we can talk about that, too, that do not come straight at biblical topics. But it's I think it's great to occasionally do that, even in a group that's not about that, because the leader doesn't need to necessarily do it all on their own. Sure. So,
1: So whether you're setting it up to be like, OK, <clears throat> we're doing a biblical study or if you're going to bring it up every once in a while how do you set those expectations up front and kind of avoid the weirdness that
2: i think it's i think it's best when the leader forms the group to say right up front where they intend the bible to fit in because of course you guys we joked that we are a church and we should talk about the bible but i think truly because crossroads brings in a a wide cross-section of folks who have more or less experience with the bible it could be anything along that spectrum as a group leader i think it's awesome to just say right up front here's how we'll engage the bible in our group and i think it's totally fine to either make that a lot or a little or say that it might change over time. But I think just to set that expectation up front, one of the ways I did that with a running group that I did, which I noticed in scrolling through our groups tool, there are lots of um, groups that do a physical activity together where it's not conducive to sitting down with a book. And so um, one of the ways that I did that with my running group was to say, hey, I am going to come, as the leader of the group, I am going to come with um, a key topic out of the Bible every week. Some weeks we'll hit that and we'll talk about it in depth. Other weeks the group took a different turn and I didn't force it in. But Mm -hmm. as a leader, I was prepared every week with, here's something I'd love for the group to discuss. That is just something I'm reading out of scripture and I think it would play well in the group. Mm -hmm. And so I would come prepared with that every week. And some weeks we would run and we would talk about that. Sometimes conversation flows more naturally than other times in a group setting. And so I was always ready as a leader to say, hey, this is what I read in the book of Mark this week. I noticed this theme. Here's a key verse. Let's talk about how this has happened in our life or what you think of that theme in the Bible. Or, you know, I would have just Mm -hmm. a key question, something that was easy to kind of do as we ran. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that sort of puts the onus on the leader. I'm not just rolling out of bed at, you know, 730 getting my running shoes on I've thought about it ahead of time mm-hmm. I'm reading on my own I have thought about my group I've prayed about that and I'm ready with a topic and and again I wouldn't always force that in sometimes sure. someone comes and something else happens and I mm-hmm. think I think that's fine
0: sure but so w- I was always ready whether whether it's something that you're bringing to the table like that or it's mm-hmm. a you know some study that you're using mm-hmm. there's always going to be limitations to what that preparation can can give you, you know, what do you do as a leader in those moments where you're where somebody asks a question you can't answer, you know?
2: Yeah, I like I, honestly my favorite thing to do because I am sort of a researcher. I enjoy digging around. Is um, just to say I don't know, but let's find out. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a one part question, why don't we all take that away and come back with a perspective mm-hmm. on that next week, everybody? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes if it's a more complicated thing, I've gone okay, you research that little thing and I'll think about this and we'll sort of put all these pieces together next Mm -hmm. week um, or whenever the next meeting is. So I find it very freeing to just say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's a great question. So let's find out. There's so, I mean, we have so much information at our fingertips Mm -hmm. um, that I think it's fine not to know. And I usually push that back on the group and go, gosh, I'm really not sure. Um, who that guy is or what that word means or what this topic has to do with my life today or whatever Mm -hmm. the case might be and we would sort of almost make it group homework like Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but again as the leader I was prepared to go that's what I'm going to do with these kinds of things and just sort of know that up front Um, and be willing to say I don't know which I think is scary for especially people who want to know the Bible like I'm Mm -hmm. someone who enjoys knowing what i'm talking about i don't i i want to know what i'm talking about so i've had to practice especially in a group setting being vulnerable enough and humble enough to say i just don't know and let's just find out together Mm -hmm. because there are things that aren't always obvious at first glance when you're reading so
1: so in those settings in those group settings um how do you approach it when you have non-believers
2: I have typically had a conversation, again, if you set the expectations clearly at the beginning, Mm -hmm. that helps. But if I have um, a non-believer, and I know that, or somebody who's maybe got, you know, maybe they have some church in their background, but they're just not really that interested right now, Mm -hmm. Um, but they've joined your group because they like to run, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually have a get-to-know-you coffee or something ahead of their first engagement with the group. Where I can answer some of those questions for myself, I can get a feel for where that person mm-hmm. is spiritually, and then um, maybe I even say, "Hey, I, I don't know if this is going to make you uncomfortable, but here's how we handle the Bible
0: mm-hmm.
2: in our group. It's, I'm game if you're game, but you just need to know this is what's going to go on." And yeah. I've done that in groups before. I had um, I had a perfect example of that in a group, and I just kind of took her, I just kind of took her out to lunch and said hey I can tell you're a little uncomfortable I am fine with it if you're fine with it I don't want you to think I have any expectation upon you Mm -hmm. but I also want you to feel like you're in the right group you know and so we are going to engage the Bible in an ongoing way and I want you to be okay with that and she was fine she just said "Um, I feel uncomfortable reading out loud Like, I feel like often I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So we just agreed in that lunch. I'm not going to ask her to read the Bible out loud. Mm -hmm. She's going to soak it in. She's fine with staying. I'm just not going to put that on her in the group setting. And that was a great understanding to come to. So I think, again, just the leader taking the responsibility kind of outside the group time to touch base with someone you know is sort of in a different place.
0: So that, in my mind, almost kind of starts to transition into the, the deeper principle behind this, which is not just getting people to exposed to the Bible, but actually putting them in a position where the Bible and where God's speaking through mm-hmm. the Bible can, can start to transform their lives. Like, yeah. how do you, how do you as a leader start to, to kind of think more strategically about that and, and really push towards seeing transformation in people's lives?
2: You know, that's a great question. And I think, unfortunately, the answer is probably every single group is different. Right. Um, it probably comes down to the leader being able to to know their group in their heart to the mm-hmm. extent where they can tell that things are sort of changing over time
0: maybe think of it like like for you as a leader mm-hmm. what are the what what's the mental process or what's your strategy going into it or what are the things that you look for just give me yeah. an example of how you think through
2: so um, i am always because i i do engage the Bible fairly significantly in most groups that I lead, because that's what I love to do. Um, I always have a plan at the outset. Mm -hmm. So I do two things. I go, I have a plan. And then I'm also flexible to things as the group changes. And I'm watching for things such as, Mm -hmm. um, are people engaging the Bible outside of our group time? Mm
0: -hmm. That's a
2: big question for me. Or is their engagement in our group time? Which is still good, but I mean, that's one of the markers I look for. Are they coming to the group having read the Bible on their own or not? Mm -hmm. If the answer to that question is largely no, what I've done at times is I've set up a reading plan for the group that we don't even necessarily talk about. Just as a leader, I want to take ownership for them to grow in that way. Mm -hmm. So I had a Facebook, like a private Facebook group for one of my groups where we would post I would post readings and we would engage there we just as people are on Facebook all the time Mm -hmm. it actually worked great and so that got us not only engaging one another outside of the group time but it also just was a way to provide a little platform a little organization for people that I saw were not engaging much in their Bibles outside of the group, mm-hmm. and it was simple. It was not so. That's one of the things I look for: Are you reading your Bible on your own? The second thing I look for is: Can you translate what you're reading into something that's meaningful for your life? Mm-hmm. And so one one of the um, one of the ways that I love to do that I had an entire group based solely for a while on. Um, Reading a common reading and coming and answering one question only. What is God saying to me out of this reading? Mm -hmm. The sole purpose for this very small group of them was like four of us. And the sole purpose was how can I hear God through the Bible Mm
1: -hmm.
2: into instruction and correction and love and encouragement or whatever for my own life? Um, how can I actually listen to him as I read? So that's probably number two is as I'm reading, can I hear God through what I'm reading? Am I am I learning his voice and how to listen for him? Yeah. And and so I ask that question a lot. Um, what do you think God is saying to you? And it's tempting for me. I think it's something for a lot of leaders. Um because you have leadershipy things in you, you want to tell people what they're hearing <laughs> yeah. instead of asking that question, yeah, right. you know, or I just want to tell them what it means instead of going, oh, wait, what what is God saying to you in that? Yeah. That doesn't mean it means what you think it means. And if we get into that conversation, mm-hmm. we can have a conversation about what that Bible passage actually means. Yeah. That's a totally different question than... How do you hear God when Mm -hmm. you read scripture? Mm -hmm. So I think in that, like setting the,
1: or asking the question, like, what is this saying to you? What is God saying to you? Mm -hmm. There's a bit of authority that comes with the Bible. So how, um, how do you help build that authority in the, in the Bible, uh, for the people who are in your group?
2: Yeah. I think in a group of believers, well, let's take that and then we'll step backwards in a group of believers, it's good as a leader to, um, remind everyone At the outset that saying you're a Christian means that you accept the authority of the Bible over your Mm -hmm. life. So if you're leading a group of believers, no question you should be saying that at the outset of your group. This is a group of believers. We accept the authority of Scripture in our life and we're gonna hold each other to that standard. And so I think you said there's a bit of authority there for a Christ follower, for someone who says, I am a Christ follower, Mm -hmm. then there's no question yeah. that we i mean we are a we are a people of a book period and so that i think is excellent for group leaders to say at the outset mm-hmm. and just go listen it's not me you're accountable to it's this it's mm-hmm. these scriptures. This is this is the word of God. This is our standard for one another. Yeah. And so I think that's awesome if you're leading a group of believers. If you're not um, in, let's say you have a group that gets together. I saw one. I was just scrolling through. I, I love to see, you know, what groups are out there at Crossroads right now. I loved one that was just like um, women, women and wine or, you know, and yeah. then it was like, and maybe a margarita. You know, I think that's an awesome group. I think you should read the Bible and drink wine. I have no problem with that at all. So... Um, I think in a setting like that, you're in sort of a different ball game. And as a leader, um, I assume that you are a Christ follower if you're leading a group mm-hmm. at Crossroads. And so I think I would, in that scenario, I would communicate this is what I believe as a Christ follower. I'm yeah. not going to make the assumption that you're with me. Mm-hmm. But this is how I receive the word of God mm-hmm. in my life and how yeah. I apply it to my life, believing that it is that. Did I did I answer the yeah. question? Okay.
0: It's so almost showing, like, here, I'm gonna model here's, it. here's what yes. this has done for me. Yes, I'm going to model know, it instead of assuming like, we're all
2: on the same page. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm going to... That's good.
2: And I'm going to be unashamed about that, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to make the assumption that you're going to receive like it a, the same yeah, way.
0: That's good. Yeah. So, as we kind of wrap things up a little bit today, um, a couple of clo- closing questions I'd love to give you. You know, one of them, let's just make it super practical for mm-hmm. people. Like, what's... What's the one pro tip that you would give group leaders? You know, they could turn around and apply the next time they meet, whatever it is, you know, related to the Bible. What's the one pro tip?
2: Yeah, my biggest pro tip is um, share loudly what you are personally experiencing through the scriptures.
1: Mm.
2: Like, no matter whether your group has a Bible reading plan or doing a Bible study, they're interested in what their leader is experiencing with God through the Bible. So if you are experiencing anything, In the scriptures that you're reading or listening to on a daily basis, just share that readily, often, and loudly with your group. Mm -hmm. I think that does the most for kind of setting a tone in the group that the word of God is alive and active. And that's what I want to, that's what I would want to do as a leader
0: in any group. That's awesome. Yeah. And so the the other one is, you know, it's really easy, I think, for, for people listening to this. To, to listen to you talk and go like oh, she's the expert of course it works for her and, you know <laughs> that's all that's all only good you and i know that's not it doesn't, always, ra- work. It doesn't yeah. always work can you give us an example of like how this doesn't always work even yeah. for you like how does for give a sure story.
2: okay so <laughs> we were we were in an amazing group of couples and all sort of all believers all like you know, And you'd think we'd get together and we'd just talk about the Bible. And we freaking never talked about the Bible. We had the hardest time engaging the Bible because we had so much affinity. We had so many shared things about our life that actually worked against mm-hmm. um, engaging Scripture. And not that people rejected it, but yeah. it just felt like... Meeting after meeting, we just fell on our face over trying to engage Scripture and make that a real part. It was, it was probably the hardest group to truly engage Scripture because yeah. we just let our own friendship overtake the group. Mm-hmm. And that continually bummed me out. But then I'm so desperate as a grown-up. Grown-ups have less time for friends. All you grown-ups listening, I know you agree with me. We're all grown-ups, yeah. and we don't have as much time for friends.
0: This was not in the brochure about so, adulthood, incidentally. No, no it wasn't. It <laughs> was not at I all know. All. When you adult,
2: you have less time for friends. That's, That's just what happens. It. But I, I think we were all so desperate for time as mm. friends that we let that sort of railroad yeah. over engaging, frankly, God sometimes. Mm. And I I just struggled with that because friendship is a legitimate goal and end to itself. Mm -hmm. But because we had set the group up a little bit differently, I just felt like a constant failure. I Mm -hmm. felt like we're constantly failing because all we're doing is chatting. And we just needed to, like, hit reset and go, are are we just trying to be friends? Like, let's stop feeling like a failure Mm -hmm. and figure out what this group is really about because I just felt like, well... We sucked again. <laughs> we never talked about the Bible, not one second. This group, you know, here's so next week. It was know, like an uh, we almost accidentally discovered that the group wasn't really about that, that we just actually needed friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't need a small group. We needed friends. There
0: you go. All right. That's awesome. Allie, thanks for joining us today. This hey, was awesome. yeah, this was
2: fun. I, I love talking about the Bible. I'm a nerd like that. I
0: don't know. It's a good kind of nerd. Yeah. Jamie, what are we talking about next time? <laughs>
1: why why do you always ask for this reaction i don't have an answer i've only had one once i think and then I,
0: i think i talked over you when you did so it's it's a fail either way awesome so thanks for joining us everybody we'll talk to you soon